Hello everyone. Welcome to Thoughts on Being Human. I'm Haley and this is episode 5. Today I dive into the ego, its negative influence on our lives, and how we can shift it out of the driver's seat so we can heal and live more in alignment with our true self. There's a lot to unpack, so let's get started. So this past week, I've definitely had a bit of a harder time. I've been caught up in my inner dialogue of self-criticism and my anxieties are coming up more than usual. I felt easily bruised by things and hypersensitive to feeling trapped by COVID. It's definitely frustrating when this happens and I had a few breakdowns, but now that I'm feeling better and out of the cloud, I want to share some of my thoughts and insights in hopes that we can better understand why these downward spirals happen, how we can ride them out without feeling as battered and bruised, and how we can be less hard on ourselves while they're happening. The first thing I noticed is that I'm more likely to get into this state if I have neglected my self-care. For example, if I haven't slept well or if I've neglected to feed myself three nourishing meals a day, then I'm a ticking time bomb just waiting to be detonated. If I've overextended myself to help others and put my own needs on the back burner, my threshold for handling things is seriously reduced. Literally anything can set me off and the next thing I know, I'm deep in a mental spiral of negative thoughts about life and myself. Sometimes I'll get so worked up that I can't even begin to express the emotions I'm feeling and tears will just automatically start flowing. To be an outsider, it will appear that I'm overreacting, but that's because they can't see everything that's been brewing below the surface. When I'm deep in my inner dialogue of self-criticism, the smallest upset or perceived attack can put me in overdrive. So if you've experienced this before or witnessed someone else overreact and break down, please don't judge what is happening. Simply be present and create a space that's safe and full of compassion. The storm will pass more quickly if it is not met with disregard, defensive words, or critical statements. The experience is real, so do not let yourself or others invalidate or minimize it. It's important to figure out what makes you more susceptible to this type of situation. For me, like I said, it's when I say yes to too much and don't say no out of fear of letting others down. It's when I stretch myself too thin and disrupt my usual routines of replenishment. For some, this could arise when there's an anniversary of a loved one dying or of a breakup. For others, it could be spending too much time with with a negative friend or family member. It could be too much screen time. It could also occur after a period of time where you lack personal space or a stable home environment. All of these things can leave us depleted and more sensitive. So if you notice that you're particularly hurt when people let you down, or you're more disappointed than usual when things don't go your way, or you're increasingly irritated by small things around you, it's a good indication that you need to spend some time with yourself and reconnect to your inner needs. After understanding what contributes to my explosive episodes, I wanted to get a better grasp on what was happening in my mind. 
I wanted to understand the psychology of it all. So I started with the ego. Our ego is our conscious mind, the part of us that is the I or me. It is how we see ourselves and it identifies with traits, beliefs, and habits. We are not born with an ego. As a child, we're not tied to an identity and can therefore play, imagine, and create with no filter. Our consciousness is pure awareness, and we are unconditioned. As we get older, we experience childhood wounds and are suddenly able to observe things from outside of our own perspective. This is when the ego begins to develop, and it usually happens in our teenage years. It develops as a form of protection and creates an identity for us in an attempt to help us cope with the confusion, disconnection, disappointment, and loss of love that we feel. The ego's greatest need is to receive love, so it strengthens our identity and will identify with values, even if they're not positive, just in order for us to receive love. The irony in all of this is that the ego is very rigid and gets easily defensive about our identity. If we encounter conflicting opinions, which we inevitably do, the ego will not only get angry, but it will reject the thoughts, beliefs, or behaviors that are not a part of our known truths. The ego feels the most out of control when it is challenged. It feels like an attack on self, when in reality we are not our opinions and beliefs. But the ego creates the illusion that that is what makes us who we are. So, when I neglect my self-care and feel more raw and sensitive, my ego senses my fragile nature and works overtime to defend me. This overcompensation of the ego shows up for me as analysis paralysis, my obsessive thought patterns, judgment of myself and others, strong emotional reactivity, quick and easy defensiveness, and comparison with others. All of these things are a recipe for a meltdown, and that's exactly what happened to me last week. My ego is like a hypervigilant guard dog. It's constantly scanning my surroundings for someone or something that may cause me harm. And when I'm depleted, this guard dog brings in his friends. They all work overtime and create this huge barrier of protection against perceived enemies. This leaves me closed off, feeling alone, and hyperreactive. Ironically, during times like this, the best thing for us to do is to give those guard dogs a break, detach from the hypervigilant state, and soften ourselves. By doing this, we can return to living from soul instead of living from ego. We can connect with others and feel a sense of love and connection. Yes, the ego has a purpose, but it does not need to be the driver in our lives. We will be much less reactive if we detach from our ego state so that we can choose how to respond rather than having our ego decide. If we want to better understand our purpose in life, to feel empowered, we must connect with soul. When our soul, not our ego, is in charge, many things will happen and we'll be able to connect to our intuition, that inner voice that guides us towards and away from things. We will be able to forgive others more easily and accept them despite their flaws. We will feel more love and acceptance towards ourselves. We will realize our sense of self-worth and happiness is independent of achieving our goals and desires. We will feel a sense of flow in our life, like things are more effortless.
We will have increased ideas and creativity flowing. We will feel less afraid to go after our dreams and will be less irritable and argue less with others. So how can we disconnect from ego and connect to our soul? Well, it may sound silly, but the first step is to introduce yourself to your ego. The ego does not like to be observed. Making this first step will be highly uncomfortable. Take a moment when you wake up to bring awareness to your body. Take a deep breath and repeat the affirmation. I am choosing a new way to experience myself and life that is separate from my ego. In hearing me describe this exercise, you may already start to feel discomfort or resistance. All of that is totally normal. It is the fear-based resistance from your ego. The ego does not want its power and control to be taken away. So when you experience this, simply say kindly, thank you ego, but I do not need you right now and set it aside. You ultimately have the power and do not have to listen to or believe what the ego says. It may even be helpful to give your ego a name. My ego's name is Hannah. She can get extra touchy and that's okay because in naming your ego, you have separated from it. Once you've named your ego, you can become aware of how often it comes up. In this observation stage, notice how often you speak to yourself. What tone do you use when you speak to yourself? What adjectives do you use to describe yourself? The answers to these questions give us insight into the personality of our ego and its tendencies. After a few weeks of observing your ego, you can then dive into what triggers your ego to flare up. When are you more susceptible to falling prey to your ego? The answers to these questions will give you invaluable information on how you can develop a treatment plan moving forwards to remove the ego from the driver's seat and step into living from the soul. Here's an example for myself. My ego is easily triggered when someone hints that I'm not contributing enough or that I'm acting like a child or a princess. If I hear any of these statements, my heart beats faster, I immediately feel defensive and either shut down or feel like losing it. I feel anger when triggered and my ego will start to create stories that I'm unappreciated and need to justify my actions. Ultimately, my ego is trying to protect me, but in most cases, it doesn't make the situation any better for me. It only creates a series of stories in my head that further disconnect me from people and my true self. In those moments when I identify that my ego is triggered, I can say, thank you, Hannah. I know you're trying to protect me, but I'm going to be okay right now. I appreciate all the work that you do, but right now I just need you to step aside. In bringing awareness to and kindly acknowledging your ego, you can more easily move it aside and step into a softer, less reactive and emotionally charged state. Sometimes I'll even say out loud, oh, oh, Hannah's here, Hannah's coming up for me. And it really helps me to create this separation and, and therefore feel less judgment towards myself that I'm reacting in a certain way or feeling super sensitive. Another great way to diminish our ego's power is to go into all conversations and situations with a learning mindset. Let go of looking like you know it all or can do it all and open up the learning receptors in your brain. 
It can be incredibly challenging to dismiss the allure of the ego, but if you're able to put it aside and tap into a deeper part of yourself and your soul, your life will improve in so many beautiful ways. Only once we can identify our ego, acknowledge when it's in the driver's seat, and be able to set it aside, only then can we begin to tune into and connect with our soul, our spirit, our inner being, our essence, our true self. All these things are who we really are, deep down, before we adopted an identity, before labels were slapped on us, before we were given roles and had expectations put on us, before the social masks that we put on just to appear a certain way. The best way to connect to this inner being is to be still, to spend time alone, away from distractions, watching a beautiful sunset, looking at the stars in the night sky, taking time to observe flowers blooming or moss growing on a tree, noticing how wrinkles on an old person's face look like art, sensing the love between two people walking down the street holding hands. All of these things connect us to soul and can leave us feeling a sense of connection with the entire universe. Sometimes there are things I see that are so beautiful, they move me to tears. This is exactly when I know I'm living in soul, not ego. Our ego can sometimes even sabotage these beautiful moments, as well as relationships, personal growth, and connection to self. The ego holds us back from saying the things we really want to say, the things our heart wants to scream out loud like, I love you, I miss you, or I'm sorry. It stops us from saying these things because it's afraid of rejection and disappointment. But in holding us back, we miss out on connection and ultimately love. The ego feels separate while the soul knows its connection to everything. The ego seeks to acquire while the soul wants to share. The ego is blinded by and obsessed with competing while the soul desires cooperation. The ego wants to be right while the soul wants to understand and learn. The ego is consumed by the latest gadgets, fads, and desires while the soul has a clear sense of meaning and purpose. As Pima Chodron says, the ego seeks to divide and separate while the spirit seeks to unify and heal. When people begin to choose living from soul over ego, it's incredibly contagious. When you see someone choosing to live from inner soul, their radiance will attract others. When you become liberated from the toxic, consumeristic, and materialistic society, you'll feel a deeper sense of fulfillment, and this will attract others. When you step out of ego, you'll feel a greater sense of responsibility for self and others, leading you to create better experiences for other people, which is exactly what we need right now. We need to put aside our egos and treat others with more compassion. We need to take responsibility for our actions and how they impact others and our planet. As I said before, the soul is primarily concerned with what is occurring for the whole, not the individual. This is exactly how we can restore sanity and order to this crazy world we live in right now. Too many people in power right now are operating from a place of pure ego. They're letting ego drive decision making, allowing lies to be told and information to be withheld. 
Stepping out of ego is the only way to calm the turbulence, to clear away the deceptions, distortions, and excuses. When we don't need to be right or look good, we put the ego in the backseat and allow the soul to flourish. All the soul is concerned with is being of service to others, loving others, and treating all beings with respect. When our souls begin to thrive, we will see our communities and our world transform and ultimately heal. So let me ask you, which will you choose to feed, the ego or the soul? If we choose to feed our soul, we must be willing to accept who we are in absence of our ego. We must be willing to shift from living a life of controlling things to avoid pain and instead embrace connection, vulnerability, love, and self-acceptance. Ego says, once everything falls into place, I'll find peace. But spirit says, find peace and everything will fall into place. This particularly resonates with me because I think a lot of us right now keep waiting for things to fall into place so that we can gain a sense of peace and normalcy. But ironically, the best thing for us to do is to find that inner peace within us despite the chaos and disarray around us. Once we find that peace and we all deeply connect to our true selves, then harmony and balance can be restored in the world. I'm not saying it'll be easy, but hopefully this podcast will help you get a better understanding of how you can acknowledge and accept your ego, but not let it completely drive your life. I hope that you have a better sense of how you can connect to your true self and let that drive your decisions and how you move forwards in life. Living in ego is like living in a prison. And right now, when so many of us are feeling trapped, let's break free from its grip and step into the freedom and fearlessness that comes with letting our inner soul be the driver of our lives. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. It was a harder one for me to discuss, but I hope you've gained just a little bit of clarity on what living from ego looks like versus living from soul. I hope that you feel a slight inkling of peacefulness from my thoughts on being human. I'm Haley, and I'll see you next week.